Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague, Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a program that we do every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time Live, and you are welcome to join us and to send texts and questions, and we like very much for this to be a dialogue, and so we often will introduce content that comes from audience members so letters they've written to us and we encourage you to do the same yes. you can reach me at ken ddv at gmail.com you can reach nancy at n saxton lopez that's n-s-a-x-t-o-n-l-o-p-e-z at c-s-m-p-c.com and we'd like you to know that this is a program that is our way of taking the experiences that we've had and the knowledge that we gained facilitating pet loss support groups for a very long time, decades in Nancy's case, a little more than one decade in my case, and sharing it with a broader audience and sharing it with an interact within an interactive process. We compiled this information into a book. It's called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that's available to you as well. We like you also to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Mass. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. And since it was opened in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most visible, recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and you can make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. And we encourage you to do that. You can also support our podcast, the work we're doing here, by making a contribution to Venmo at my name or on PayPal. And this is part of the description that follows. So you can, if you're interested in doing that, of course, we'd be grateful if you do. We understand, of course, if you, if you are not inclined to do that, we want you to benefit from the conversation. Mm -hmm. In any case, uh, you can find that information in the description. And I think that's all I'm supposed to say, say as we get started, right, Nancy? Yes. <laughs> So you have we have a um, a person who had written us fascinating mm -hmm. because she's actually from the Caribbean, mm -hmm. and um, so Ken's going to uh, read um, her email, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, gr the grief process in context to sharing it, sharing right? yeah, or yeah. or being involved with others with it. Yep, right. yep. So this is from a woman named Aaliyah, and she writes, Dear Nancy and Ken, I'm writing all the way from Trinidad, in parentheses, Trinidad and Tobago, in the Caribbean, to say thank you for helping me feel less lonely as I grieve over the loss of my pet cat, Mui. I think I'm saying that right, Mui. She had liver cancer, and I had to put her to sleep. It all happened so fast, even though we spent about 14 days trying to figure out what was wrong jumping from tests to ultrasounds to eventually having to make the decision to put her to sleep. This was in November, 2021, and I still miss her. Yeah. Every time I see something that reminds me of her or Facebook memories show me a picture of her or I get sad and miserable. I know she was sick and I could do nothing 
for her, but I still flip-flop over the decision I had to make and why I couldn't catch it in time. My vet says they're good at masking, and I still mm -hmm. feel so guilty about everything that happened. Anyway, I found your podcast as I was looking for community, a community that understands my grief, and it really helped me. In a weird way, listening to the sad stories made me feel so sane and less lonely. Yeah. Just for your information, I could have shared my grief with my friends and family, but it was so intense, I was afraid I would overwhelm them. I'm attaching a photo and letter before I wrote to her before she was put to sleep. So you'll understand just how beautiful she was. And you are free to share my story. I assume others feel guilty and therefore ashamed of having to put their companions to sleep. She did write a beautiful letter and a beautiful picture and that she'd like to remain private, which mm -hmm. of course we respect. It's so moving. And what a beautiful cat Mewie yes. was. So we wanted to emphasize this point that she made, that Aaliyah made, I could have shared my grief with my friends and family, but it was so intense. I was afraid I would overwhelm, overwhelm them. them. Really, well, really interesting. I, and I think a lot of people feel that way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we know that this loss, the grieving for that relationship with that beloved animal can be greater than any other loss. Yep. Any, and that can be First of all, that can be a great surprise yeah. to the person who experiences it, and, and it can make them feel like there's something a bit off. Well, you know, we, we would go to the, we, you know, we have people in the group, right? And you know mm -hmm. this, and we've mm -hmm. actually talked about this on our podcast before, that they would literally whisper, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> Why do you think you're crazy? And they would say, because I've grieved more for this animal than any other relationship I've had. The only one we haven't heard is child. Right, so right. parents, yeah. spouses, aunts, uncles, cousins, siblings, whatever it was. And yeah. that to them was surprising. Yeah. So this, this really cycled in my mind, this question of, I feel like my grief, sharing my grief with my friends and family was so intense, would be so intense that it would overwhelm them. And it, it, it made me think about how sometimes we feel that our feelings may destroy us and our feelings may destroy another person, almost like they're, they're a form of, you know, they're just, they're almost like it would be violent to share yeah, them right. with a family member. And and what we find always is that our feelings will not destroy us. And particularly if we choose the other people with whom we share carefully, if we choose people who we yes. know, love and respect us. And, and as we were talking about this a little before we started the broadcast, if we choose people who we know are not at this moment, already super stressed like maybe they we wouldn't want to choose somebody who has just lost a child right let's say or we wouldn't want to choose somebody who has just suffered the destruction of their home through an act of nature or something like that 
or even a culmination of multiple things, a right? A whole bunch of stressors. Being, yeah. you know, being a therapist yeah. these days, and you know this, people have multiple problems. You know, they may have an issue with a child, and on top of that, they're having problems at work, or somebody or, the, or their husband or the wife is out of work. I mean, there's just so many layers out there. Yeah, yeah, there's issues. so many so, possibilities in terms of the pressures and the stresses. Yeah. But almost always, let me take this back to what I said before and say almost always when we share it with another person, it's going to, and it, that person is somebody who we know loves and respects us. It's not going to destroy them. It's no. not going to, it's not going to wreck them. The one thing that I think it's sometimes hard for us to keep in mind when we're burdened by grief is that all of us have had losses in our lives. All of us have had changes that made it so we had to go through our own grieving. And so we are generally much stronger and much more resilient than we may know and that other people may perceive us as being, particularly when they're really struggling. Somebody's really, really struggling. They might feel like their grief will just tear another person apart if they share it with them. Very rarely will that actually happen. If that person is who you're going to share it with is a person who's basically doing okay in their own life, not terribly, terribly overwhelmed with pressures and they care about you, what's going to happen is they're going to, they're going to listen and they're going to be kind to you and and you're both probably going to feel a little closer to each other do you agree and also relieved right yeah, yeah. because oh somebody somebody understands or at least is there to listen now i want to echo what you said before though is that you know we know the the averages of, of the thirds right um you want to pick someone to do that with that you believe will support you and understand because unfortunately there are some people and we talked about this with also work related that will not know what to say mm -hmm. will be uncomfortable because nobody wants to grieve you know mm -hmm. grieving is very difficult mm -hmm. and they don't know how to make someone else feel better, or can they, but they don't understand that. And so they may not say the right thing. They may not say anything. So it's really important to try to pick those people who they trust their feelings with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, they, and they will be okay to hear that. So, so if you want to share with somebody who loves and respects you, you can always ease into that. You can tell them that you are feeling a lot about the loss that you've had and you wonder if they would be willing to hear some of what you're going through. And you can say, I know it might, it might, be painful to listen to. And so I, I understand if you don't want to, I understand. And it won't, it won't mean anything different for our connection, but 
it might be really a good thing for me to be able to share it. Something like that. One of the things, one of the things I think about and I'll coach people on is I believe that you can say almost anything to another person. It's all in how you go about it. And yes, it's the language you use and how you yep. present it. And so at, whenever you're concerned about maybe I shouldn't talk to this person about it, maybe I shouldn't bring this up now, you can ask. You can say there's something really important. There's something I'm going through that's really powerful and and you're a dear friend and I'm I'm wondering if if you could have some time for me to share with you. And you can say no because maybe you've got too much going on right now and it's not going to change the way I feel about you. You can do now, that. that's interesting because I'm thinking about being that person and even with somebody that I really care about and say, I really like to do that. And that person says no. Yeah. And yeah. so, <clears throat> and that, and you need to respect that, right? Yep. But it, it's still in some ways going to be a blow, right? Because you were hoping that that would be the person that you can speak to. Yeah. yeah. So, but they have a right to say, this might be too heavy. Let's, that goes back to grieving. Yep. We don't grieve well. We don't know how to do it. We don't want to feel it. We don't want to feel somebody else's because it will bring ours back up. And so it's a very fine line, especially with pet loss, right? Because yep. Yep. a lot of people, what, what are you talking about? Yep. You know, just get another dog, get another cat. I mean, it's just outrageous. Yep. But unfortunately, that's how our society is set up. We don't even grieve well for humans. Say nothing. Not a, yeah, we don't. Some people just don't want to be anywhere near it. Right. And and if the person says no, and I think that would happen rarely. Actually, mm -hmm. I think that in most cases, people will say, "Sure, I, I'm I'm happy to hear what you have to say." Because when you invite that, you're telling the person how much you regard how much regard you have for them. When you tell them that I'd like to share this thing that's really challenging. For me, with you, you you are showing them what they mean to you, yes. and that you are creating an opening for even greater closeness. I and mean, one of the things that I I think it's important to to mention is that we gain closeness with one another when we share our pain. Yes, we get closer we do. to them, mm -hmm. and and well, we're vulnerable, right? There's a yeah. vulnerability with that yeah. that draws somebody in. Yeah. I have to say there's a there's a line in Aaliyah's letter that I also really found powerful. And I in my comments back to her, I, I mentioned this. She says, in a weird way, listening to the sad stories made me feel so sane and yeah. less lonely. Very interesting choice of words. So sane. Mm. So I'm not crazy. No. I'm hearing all this other stuff. That's and that's what we talked about similar. in the beginning, right? Yeah. They're going to and, be overwhelmed, everybody, right. because they're so upset. And and also, I feel some connection. I'm less lonely. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a very powerful paradox that listening to sad accounts when we are sad would do that for us. Mm -hmm. But it does. It well, does. Look, it brings, it, it creates you to feel, oh, there are other people that go through this, especially yep. when you're in an isolated culture, isolated family, isolated yep. religion, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, even gender wise, you know, we've talked about how men and women, you know, look at grief differently or express yeah. it differently. And so 
when you hear those stories and that's why the group was so powerful right right because right. everyone could sit there and say oh yeah i felt that way too or oh that's what happened to my animal you know yeah. and it was just so healing yep you yep. know yep so we want to thank Aaliyah for sharing with us and we hope that she finds peace i i, I also think it's something that she's working on this and she's been working on it since november so it's a message to other listeners like don't feel like it's extraordinary if you're working on this for quite a long time having still working on grief five six seven eight months nine months ten months a year a year and a half later will be completely normal for many many people you know, I have two clients I'm actually working with privately now that that is that's kind of their their MO. They they're so distraught and not necessarily at as much as in the beginning of after the death, but they don't want to feel the pain. So this is right. the grieving part again, right. right? This goes into grieving and those feelings that come up that people have a really hard time with. And they say, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And, yeah. and it may be two months, it may be four months. Now it's six months. And, and they still, you know, are very, are struggling with it. And what you said, it's a matter of process. It's a matter of time. And you will go through, we, we talked about the ocean, that ebbs and flows because that relationship is so important to you. Yeah. But grieving is, it's not fun. It sucks, no. <laughs> you know, and you can't make it better. No. You know, no. and so. Um, it, it lives with you. You live yes. with it. It lives with you. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now we were we were thinking we would go into one other subject, right? And it's a really yeah, and this is a tough one. Tough one, this really, tough really one. tough one. And and it it goes out to people who find themselves in this kind of a an, an aftermath, let's say, of the yeah. loss. And and also we we want to recognize that there's commonalities in feelings whether this happens to you and Nancy's going to describe a couple of situations or your your loss occurs in a different way because right. we all grieve no matter what the circumstances of the loss so do you want to tell a couple of those yeah stories? i mean you know there there have been situations over time um can relate can you know relate to this too of uh, uh, people who have accidentally uh, cause their animal's death mm -hmm. and um, maybe they um, had a routine and they broke that routine um, maybe they had uh, a momentary lapse of well you know I think it's going to be okay but it wasn't um, accidents like you know um, backing up in the driveway and not realizing that the cat was under the car. Right, right. Um, you know, um, leaving leaving the dog and not realizing that the dog was in the car. You know, and it was a hot day. I mean, yeah. there are just so and and you know, when people hear that, they go, "Oh my God, how how can people do that?" Mm -hmm. But 
the problem is, is that we're all human and sometimes <laughs> those things happen. Yes. Yeah. And people have lost their children in that way. Yes. I mean, we yeah. uh, working in an ER, you know, at Morristown, yeah. I mean, there were yeah. people that came in and, and the child got caught in the, and the blind, the blinds mm -hmm. cords, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or a grandfather had accidentally run over his grandson. I mean, yeah. Yeah, these things unfortunately are their hell, right? I mean, it's yeah, so, it's, it's, it's so horrific. Now, the other other thing is, and this just came to me. You remember Carolyn? Carolyn, which I did the group with initially before you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Carolyn had a cat that killed her bird. Mm -hmm. So, so now she's that's that's another one of her her beloved yeah. animals who killed one of one of her yeah. other animals. That has happened, and I've seen that happen with dogs. With dogs, a I've dog seen that happen turn too. Turn around yeah. and, and kill another one of the other. Yeah. Dogs. So yeah. those kind of situations. You had one with the train tracks, right? With a couple with the, with the dog. We the had a couple come to the group who were hiking with their dog, and they had the dog off leash, and he ran in front of a train. Yeah. And, I mean those yeah. and antifreeze, right? That's another yeah. one. You know, yeah. antifreeze yeah. is out. You cannot, yeah. animals cannot, you know, that's poisonous. Yeah. And, and we've had people call and say, can I come to the group? Will I be accepted there? We've yeah. always said, yeah. absolutely. But in my recollection, those people didn't come. Oh, we had one. I had one. You did have one? Yeah. It was, it was, he, um, it was a, a person who gave a pizza crust to his dog and the dog choked him. Uh -huh. So, and, but I will say this. When, and, and that's hard because you usually yeah. see those people privately. But yeah. when he came, he was embraced. I'm sure. I'm and sure. He was, and, and everyone just worked with him and acknowledged what was going on with him yep. And, yep. and worked with him around his grief. Yep. And it was I mean, just amazing. My, my expectation in a group would be that the people would be even more yes. supportive because they would, they would be so empathic about what that person must be going through the profundity of their pain for having made an error or an error in judgment in that case. And, you know, we are, we can be very charitable with one another. Yes. It, it, it sometimes is, is so surprising to the person who is in such pain, that there can be such an outpouring of empathy and support, which is what they deserve. Of course, they never would have intended for that to be the outcome. They never would have intended for that to happen. And other people will support them in a way that perhaps buoys their own ability to support themselves and to yes. begin the process of self-forgiveness. Self, right. So that you're working with that person's guilt, but also then your own, right? Yeah. So yeah. that because the ultimate, you know, result would hopefully be that you can forgive yourself. Yeah. For what's happened. I mean, and we've had other situations. I mean, you know, dog behaviorists or dog uh, sitters would come in and all of a sudden, you know, they're, they've got a dog that jumps off the, the couch and it's paralyzed. I mean, yeah. you know, all, and unfortunately yeah. all these things happen. Had a, I had yeah. a story where a dog jumped off the back of the couch, a little dog, a Yorkie, and he had his leash on and he hanged himself. 
Yeah. So, I mean, but the, the, the point is, look, in the group, it was protected mm-hmm. because everyone there was an animal lover and had lost an animal. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have to be careful with that. And I think also people that come to you privately with those things, of course, are embarrassed. I mean, they're they're horrified that they've been yeah. doing something like that. Yeah. Um, but the, our world, we have to be careful, is not kind. Yeah. And so, you know, social media has been become this very large um, venue of criticism. And so the, the uh, peanut gallery. Yeah, right. I mean, it can be very cruel. Yes, it can be very cruel. Mm-hmm. And so we, for all those who have gone through this, um, you know, we want you to, to, to realize that, it, look, things happen and accidents happen. Accidents happen. We are not perfect. All of us have made errors. Sometimes those errors have extraordinary consequences and we have to find ways to keep going forward. And, and we, we deserve all the love and support that we need to make that happen, to move forward and and to find peace. And the other thing is our animals are not judgmental. Yep. And they're, they're loving and they would never blame their loved one for doing anything. Yep. We have a very nice comment from Jade. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Finding your podcast during my difficult time was comforting. I felt isolated during my grief, but I felt like I wasn't alone in my feelings of grief. Thank you for that comment. It's so indicative of why we do this, yeah. why we why we have this podcast. Oh, because we have we look obviously we're worldwide i mean that's kind of interesting but there are a lot of areas in any country that are isolated very right? people i mean the united can, states is a big place and there's people a lot can be of isolated in the company of lots of other people yes, that is true too that is <laughs> they can <exactly>. be alone <clears throat> so when you feel alone with this it can be so it creates and your grief to be harder almost because you don't you don't feel like anyone hears you or understands or listens or gets yep. it. And so this is, again, yes, Ken, this is why we do this. Because there are a lot of folks out there that don't know what to do or where to go or who to talk to. Yep. Yep. And and may feel like nobody around them will listen or nobody around right. them is strong enough to hear this. Yeah. And so, well, it's been great talking with you as always, Nancy. I do want to remind people that We are starting our face-to-face support group at Dakin Humane Society in Springfield next Tuesday, the 12th at six o'clock. It'll run six to 7.30. And you can register by going to the Dakin site and that's dakinhumane.org. If you at the last minute decide that you'd like to participate, you can be a walk-in too. We'd like to have the RSVPs because that give some idea of how many people will be there. It sounds like it's going to be a fairly large group actually. So we're looking forward, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. I'll be facilitating and looking forward That's to good, it. Ken. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the other thing is please write to us. I mean, we love your stories. We love your emails. We love your thoughts. If you want to have a particular, we have to get Kelly back on to do the compassion fatigue, yep. but you know, we, whatever you want to talk about, we will certainly do. 
Yep. And we really en enjoy, and we're so grateful that you that you get a lot out of our podcast. Yep. And our books, so. yep. So nice talking with you, Nancy, as always, and we'll do it again next week. Next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.